Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hands-On Safety. Um, if some of y'all are wondering and looking for the episode that should have posted at the beginning of June, there was not one. We took some time off in May for me to go get a guide dog. So I was in training with her for a month, but we are back now Yay. and ready to go. And I have a new puppy laying next to me, cheering me on. Hopefully we won't hear her snore during the episode. <laughs> Mm -hmm. steal her at any chance she gets. <laughs> <laughs> she is pretty cute. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about active shooter protocols. This has been something that's uh, been in the news a lot lately and definitely a topic uh, worth discussing. So uh, first, let me make sure everybody knows who's here. We have George with us today. Hey, everybody. And Megan. Hello, everybody. So let's let's get started. Um, this, like I said, has been a pretty hot topic in the news, which is just sad. It's something that shouldn't be a hot topic in the news. It um, because that means it's happening too much, and it international news even too. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, we started with what the the shooting in tax in Texas. When was that? In a month or so ago? Two months ago? And it seems like we've had a couple more since then. And I, this is something that, um, you know, fortunately, I've never had to go through, but this is something that we have had training on at work. Um, so we've, we've had to have, just like we have fire drills, we've had to have active shooter training courses where we, we go through and we talk about what happens. Uh, we have not actually had to um, practice this where they say, you know, okay, somebody's in the building and, and we've had to practice what we would do, but we've, we've definitely had to go through our options and, and discuss that. And I think I remember doing this in college as well. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting, uh, Leslie, because I just did, I just started a new job and the health and safety course does not cover that at all. It covers everything else, but not that. Yeah. It seems to be, um, I hate to say it, it's an, an uniquely an American uh, thing. Uh, we're like at the top of the chain of active shooting and, um, you know, uh, mass shootings in the United States, other countries, not so much. And I think it has to do with their, uh, our, our gun laws. Um, you know, we're all about our guns, I man. I'm, I'm a gun owner too, but I'm not a gun nut, you know? <laughs> so, right. um, and you know, I've had discussions with people even on Facebook about responsible gun ownership, holding other people responsible. Uh, that have guns, having access to guns or, any, or uh, weapons of that nature. Uh, but a lot of people are like, no, that's infringing upon our right, according to, you know, Second Amendment. Um, you hear a lot of arguments. People say that, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people. You know, you hear that. But um, I, and I, I keep thinking about, um, you know, Hiroshima. You know, we drop bombs on people. <laughs> you know, what killed the people? Bombs. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it's a tool. Right. It's a tool that's used. Um, is used to, to take lives. That's what, you know, it's turned into. It has not always been that case, you know, in all cases that way. People mm -hmm. who hunt, you know, people say for self-defense. I was watching something recently. They were talking about how the term is, you know, it takes a, uh, to stop a bad guy with a gun, you need a good guy with a gun. And actually, most of the time, it's people who without guns that stop people who have guns. Like I said, it just seems to be that it's a um, chiefly American issue. Other countries may have issues, um, but we have exacerbated it 
you know, um, because of our, our, our beliefs of second amendment and our gun rights. I said, being a gun owner, I have, I also have weapon. If I will buy some more, um, with the, uh, Uvalde, uh, Texas situation, it was a gun by a company called Daniel defense, which actually is about seven miles away from me. Hmm. <laughs> you ever take about seven, maybe less within 10 yeah. miles from where I live. I've actually been there. Okay. A nice facility. Um, I actually would like to, I've been wanting to buy a weapon from Daring Defense. I still plan to. So yeah, it's it's with me, it's kind of weird because yeah, it's irresponsible people with guns. Right. Um, and I wonder how much of it, you know, uh, and we've certainly talked about gun laws and and how to obtain guns and concealed carry permits versus open carry, you know, and how easy one is to get over the other. And depending on the state you're in, you know, you can you can certainly go buy a gun um, to open carry without having to have any kind of training. You just go in a store and buy one. Right. Um, you know, and there's there's some waiting period, but, you know, not having to have any kind of gun safety course or responsible gun ownership classes or anything like that can certainly potentially contribute to this. And it's and I'm sure it's not any one thing that that causes this problem you know we can't say oh it's because we allow people to own guns or you know we don't check who who gets guns um or we don't provide classes for people who buy guns i you know it's probably a little bit of a combination of a lot of things uh but it is definitely something that seems to be more prevalent here than other places and and it seems like when we get and i don't know if this is because they're just we get more coverage of it when it happens once. Um, you know, we we see it happen in other places, and I don't know if that's kind of a oh hey this happened here, and then somebody gets an idea and and goes and does it somewhere else, or if it's that that it gets more coverage where it might, you know, not you know, I don't know if I want to go so far as to say that the media looks for it, but um, it it seems to be an avalanche effect of when we have one. Um, we seem to have a couple more follow. Yeah. I don't think the media actually looks for it. It just falls in the media's lap. Yeah. You know, just like the ones that have been three and you have the one that, uh, you know, uh, first Buffalo, then about a week later, you had the one uh, that happened. Um, it was a California, uh, California, I believe. Oh, sorry. Uh, t- I don't know if it was California. Yeah. What mm-hmm. happened in California at the church. Mm-hmm. Then you had the one that it happens in Texas within a matter of weeks of each other. Yeah. Um, and it's occurring is that we keep track, track of it. I mean, they've, there's been issues for a period of time, but uh, now they're saying, well, you know, we're going to you know, um, put money into mental health. It's a mental health issue now. Um, no, I don't think it's, it's all of it what it is. Yeah. You know, like I said, no, people, no one thing. Well, I'm sure yeah. that is also a factor. Yeah. Having a gun makes it easier to commit that crime. Yes, it does. You definitely. Know, you know, um, suicides if you if people with uh, guns in the home, are more prone suicides with guns. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you have children uh, killed uh, large numbers because there's a gun in the house and someone's irresponsible and it's out and about. They get a hold of it, playing with it, right? And there you go. Right. So um, you could keep saying, "Look at me." Multiple reasons, but you look at you know every situation. Yes, and sometimes people do have mental issues uh, that need to be dealt with, uh, but people, parents know. People know ahead of time. But mm-hmm. they just refuse to, you know, acknowledge it, ignore it, you know, yeah. um, is that's part of the problem. It's because, well, no, we're not taking this right away. He has a right to own a gun. 
you know, he's not on, he's on medication. He's okay. Uh, no, it's people have to be proactive and saying, Hey, yes, you have a right to own a gun, but you don't, you shouldn't be owning a gun. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer that you have the right to own a gun, but not everyone should be owning a gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree with that as well. Um, you know, and I think, I think there's some denial in that too of, of, you know, Oh, I, I know this person's, um, you know, saying these things, but I just don't think they'd really do anything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Cause it's, it's hard to believe, especially if it's somebody, you know, that you, that they might do something that drastic. Absolutely. There's that barrier there. Oh, this person, I love them. They're a great person. Mm-hmm. And you can't see them doing something such like that. Yeah. Well, you know, you see the TV, you know, like, not my baby. My kid wouldn't do that. Everyone's equipped to defend someone. Sure. Uh, especially people that you care about. You know, they wouldn't do that. Actually, it's, people feel like it's a reflection on them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's part of the uh, part of the issue. But you is we got to be realistic about it. But, you know, we, we can, you know, hypothesize all day with the reasons for it. Really, you know, hard to say. But it's just one. It's just a crazy thing that's occurring. Uh, and unfortunately, these are happening in schools. Uh, you, you know, we, you know, kids are involved. And so, actually, I was doing a research for this. I read about some, um, I guess, in Sandy Hook, um, that there was about two children that were uh, considered special needs that died mm-hmm. at Sandy Hook because you know, there was really no set plan um, on how to really evacuate them. And it's in. I was sorry. One one I think one child did die. Another it was a uh, two teachers had uh, had died protecting the children. Right. Um, so, and that's Sandy Hook is one of the reasons that the um, the FBI kind of got involved and started trying to to supply support to local law enforcement and other agencies to help with these situations. And so they they put out uh, a whole a whole web page for this. Um, it's at fbi.gov slash survive. And they have uh, videos on here of what to do. Um, they have information about, you know, statistics on how how many uh, mass shootings there have been. Uh, they have um, a link for violence prevention in schools, campus attacks. Um, I just saw the statistics here. Where did it go? Um, you know, they've helped put together uh, emergency plans for businesses and um, and put up some videos. They've got some bilingual stuff here, put out some videos about what to do. And their their video talks about um, the steps to what you should do in an active shooter situation. And it's run, hide, fight. And um, if you have the option to run, do it. Um, you know, be aware of, of the area, what your exit options are, you know, you want to run away from the shooter, even if that means that you can't run toward an exit. So, you know, one of the videos talks about how the, the exits are in direct line of fire of the shooter. So, you know, they didn't want to, didn't want to run that way. And, um, you know, if you don't have the option of getting out, um, you know, you want to run to an area that you can hide and start looking for ways to defend yourself, whether, you know, finding any objects in the area, barricade yourself in, finding objects that can be used as weapons if you do end up having to fight. But 
definitely using fighting as a last resort. Um, they talk about having, um, you know, if you are able to get out of the building, make sure that you you leave the building with your hands up, palms out, you know, so that if um, first responders are arriving on scene, they can see that you are not the one with the gun. Um, and um, if you're not able to get out safely, then hiding and and preparing, um, you know, working together if you can, if you're in a situation, um, preparing any kind of weapon you might have at hand. And if you do have to fight, you know, trying to take the person by surprise if that's necessary, um, just doing what you have to do to survive. And they've got some good videos here. Um, the videos are not described necessarily they don't have like an audio description track that tells you what's happening in the video but the characters in the video are narrating what they're doing so um you know the woman is saying oh i can't you know get to the exit so i'm gonna hide here and start barricading myself in so they're kind of they're kind of giving you a narration of what's going on if you can't see the video i was a little worried about that at first because it was just a lot of people screaming and 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 guns firing. And I thought, well, you know, this doesn't do me much good to not be able to see the video and really know what people are doing. But then they started kind of narrating their actions. They've got studies on active shooters here. So all kind of information that could be useful. Uh, like I said, we do have these active shooter trainings at work. I seem to remember having them in college as well, where we we just talked about what to do in case somebody came in and what kind of precautions were in place. Um, all of our, our doors at work, um, except for the front door, um, require either a key card or um, key entry to get into. So um, any doors that can't be seen by somebody in the building um, can't be accessed easily. And that's, you know, that's kind of the start, but they've, they've talked to us about, you know, barricading yourself in your office and waiting for the police to confirm that it's clear waiting for them to come to you if you're hiding, waiting for the police to come say, you know, hey, we're we're the police, the building's been cleared, it's safe to come out. And not just assuming that it's clear if you don't hear anything for a while. That bring me, brings me back to my school days and where we would have lockdowns and how, you know, they always emphasized, you know, hide yourselves and like make sure you're not in any windows or um in the like any sight from the door and stuff like that mm -hmm. and wait till the police come in and verify them that it's them that it is the police officer and um for them to let you know that it's safe to continue on well i think we need to back up just a little bit um talking about active shooter but we need to define what uh active shooter is Yes, it's um, a good thing so, to do. Yeah, so there's an active shooter and mass shooter, pretty pretty much the same. Mass shooting is anything or any any incident involves over four people or more is considered a mass shooting. All right, so that's how that's defined. Um, so Department of Homeland Security here in the States uh, went to one of their uh, worksheets, I guess you call it, and, uh, and they have their definition verbatim, an active shooter is an individual, individual actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in a confined 
and populated area. In most cases, active shooters use firearms, and there was no pattern or method to the selection of victims. Um, so that's the definition by the Homeland, uh, uh, Homeland Security um, of what an active shooter is. Like I said, a mass shooting, you know, pretty much the same. Any more, four or more is considered a mass shooting. Uh, so I think mass shooting, is, the definition itself is a little misleading because I think of mass, I think of like, I don't know, hundreds of people, you know, <laughs> but not necessarily four or more in that, in that type of situation. And, you know, these active shooter situations, they last for about 10 to 15 minutes before law enforcement can actually um, get on the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not it's in a brief period of time. And with, um, you know, using automatic weapons, and that's another thing, too. Uh, it's a misnomer uh, what the AR stands for. It does not stand for automatic rifle uh, at all. Um, and that's what a lot of people uh, think, um, you know, the AR is for, and it's not. Um, one, one thing is, it's, uh, so military, we had, um, it looks like the the M4 or the M16, depending on which one you have, which M16 is longer, M4 is shorter carbine mm-hmm. uh, barrel, which means it's a shorter barrel when you say carbine. Um, and in the middle, we had, and they changed it. It used to be, we had several functions, and I believe it was three. You had uh, automatic, you had semi-automatic, and then you had burst. Burst would send three rounds out at the same time. So you pull the trigger, three rounds came out automatically, and then took right. a break, and you pulled the trigger again. Um, Semi-automatic, it's that you have to pull the trigger every time to fire. Automatic weapons, you just pretty much hold the weapon and just uh, fire whatever uh, at a set rate. So the weapons that are being used, unless they're modified, are pretty much semi-automatic. I mean, you have to pull the trigger every time. Every time. Every time. Um, so I think people misunderstand it. They think of like the movies you know, where people just pulling the trigger and just rounds are firing out. That's not the case unless, unless, the, unless the, uh, the AR-15s are altered now. Most most times, AR-15s are used. Doesn't mean that they will always be used. Pistols. I've also noticed too. They also seem to have pistols on them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, of various types, which are also semi-automatic. Right. <laughs> so they're both semi-automatic weapons. Uh, the, the idea when you see a rifle, people hear uh, AR-15 automatically. Oh my God! You know, any semi-automatic weapon is just as deadly as any other semi-automatic weapon. Uh, right. The difference between a pistol is shorter range. A lot of times. Um, Say maximum effective range, as they call it, the range where you can actually do damage for, I think for most, most pistols, at least the ones that use the army, like 50 meters, you know, um, with, uh, with a rifle, you're talking about a few hundred meters, you know, up to 500, I think maybe up to 500 meters, you still shoot further than that, but that's with more skill and more time and all that stuff. So that's thing that's only the, really the big difference. I could be wrong with the, um, the, the meters, uh, on the AR-15, but I think most people misunderstand that and they go spend the AR-15. Um, mm-hmm. It's like I said, it's a semi-automatic weapon. It's not an automatic rifle. It just happens to look like the weapons that's used in the army. And actually, assault rifle is not a very common term, <laughs> except for in the media. Right. No. So, no. So have you found any other uh, resources, you know, that say they give any information about, um, you know, what to do if you find yourself in an active shooter situation. Yes. Uh, say Homeland security has quite a bit of it, mm-hmm. um, um, on there. And I've been looking at other sites because particularly talking to our audience. I know that most of our audience, you know, may have some uh, type of disability, uh, and some may not. And so what I'm reading today is why I said, I think we're going to do a two part on this 
is that people with consider with disabilities are left out of the conversation in many pla- many times and places in regards to school safety and active shooting situations. Mm-hmm. Now, I use school because that's the most recent things that have, have occurred. Sure. Um, but could be a church, you know, like in, uh, like in Charlotte, um, North Carolina, not that far, uh, South Carolina, not that far from me, right. uh, about, you know, two hours away. Um, you know, Buffalo, you know, that was a, um, a market, you know, that's my mm-hmm. home state of New York. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't, so it said, the, it said in the definition that pretty much a place that's populated with people is, is that what we call the target rich environment. Yes, and you have definitely. many people available. Hey, uh, their targets are opportunity for the individual. The one that happened in Buffalo, um, the kid, he, he's, he's, you know, should say, man, he's not a kid. It's called what it is. Um, he went, he scouted out the recon, the area prior. Mm-hmm. So this was you know, more than deliberate. The one in, um, um, you've, uh, you've Texas, I pronounced correctly. Um, I believe that he actually went to school there at mm-hmm. one point. So in these cases, people were familiar with, uh, the areas that they were going to, um, to operate in. And so that was part of it as well. But yeah, so Homeland security has, uh, uh, some stuff on here, pretty much basically on the same line as the FBI, but in my research, looking up stuff, um, I found this one site, which I think is, uh, lot chock full of information, particularly for, uh, for and, and they say uh, the title the guidelines for people with disabilities in emergencies. Mm-hmm. So some of the same practices can be used for a fire drill, for a power outage, um, national disasters, same company, same concepts can be used. Um, but here, the Los Angeles Valley College, uh, and we'll put this in the, um, the, sh- the links in the show, and they go into detail um, it gives them categories that have evacuation for people with disabilities, emergency response, uh, responses for disabilities, blindness, or virtually impairment. They have a whole, they have a category for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, deafness or hearing loss, they have a category for that. Mobility impairment, uh, people using crutches, canes, or walkers, non-ambulatory, um, power outages. Um, what else they have? We're talking about uh, emergency evacuation tips um, and overview, more survival skills. They even have, you know, diagrams of how to get someone out of a wheelchair, mm-hmm. break down parts of the wheelchair, you know, uh, the, uh, the length, the whips width of the, of the, of the wheelchairs if necessary, mm-hmm. how, to, how to fold them. So they go into detail on um, how to help those who require some assistance, you know, uh, different ways of carrying people out. Yeah. You now, so it's really, so it's really, I think it's a great resource here. And this is Los Angeles Valley College Emergency Response Plan information. So they put a lot of detail uh, and, and uh, I'm loving to this into this. I'm sure there will be more stuff out there. Uh, that's one thing that I found that gave um, you know specific details for specific groups uh, and tips for those groups. I found that to be really interesting uh, that it was done. Um, there's a number of organizations out there that are now specializing in um, providing um, ideas and strategies for schools that have a population that requires assistance. Um, so I think that's a great idea too, but again, they're leaving out the, the, the key, um, players involved Mm -hmm. being someone who may be visually impaired, uh, autistic, uh, you know, nonverbal, their parents, uh, leaving, in some cases, leaving out their, um, their teachers, 
and then this really just a, just a key part. There's some organizations that are trying to do that, but it goes from pretty much state to state and bias uh, school boards. So they mm-hmm. might be even standardized across the board. They're kind of leaving it up to different schools uh, to do it. Um, so I've been developed, you know, I have uh, all these tabs on my computer. Um, and I did one today um, covering active shooting. So I have a number of uh, things there. Uh, there's the uh, REMS, uh, the Rimsta Center website that provides uh, some information as well. Uh, you have best practices conditions for armed assault drills in schools. Um, another site, so I'll say we'll include some of these uh, on there. Yeah, as definitely. well. There's a lot. That'd be a, definitely a two part. Um, they have an autism response. Uh, actually, someone's kind of with an autism response a team um, as well. And I was looking up um, doing more research. So there is a school for the blind, called the Laval School for the Blind in the Bronx, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And I knew about it, but never, you know, been by it. By it, I was always surprised that you now the first time I heard about it was after I already left home. It was the first time I heard of White Cane Day. Right before, I'm like, you know, this is like they're selling crack, and what's <laughs> you know, what I'm like they they are doing it out in the open, um, and so the school was celebrating that. Uh, so again, looking at this article, so they, they do have a program with the local police precinct, which I believe is actually precinct my mother is in, the uh, mm-hmm. police uh, police precinct in the Bronx. I believe that's what the precinct is, um, and so they have a partnership with the precinct. Uh, they have uh, a set protocol. The kids practice drills on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're saying that sometimes these, you know, fire drills and all this stuff, most schools practice maybe once a year. Yeah. Uh, saying if you have a child that may be autistic or somewhere, somewhere on the spectrum or maybe, um, you know, not fully mobile, it requires more than just once a uh, you know, once a year. Right. And then the, and even some organizations um, by some mothers who were, uh, I think that's Sandy from Sandy Hook uh, got together and they came up with the idea and actually have an organization as well, providing safety tips and analyzing uh, schools and helping them out, offering some free training. So a lot of, a lot of stuff out there now about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate that we have to go that route, but most of the, I've seen someone along the lines of what you said, you know, um, you know, talking about, Good practices, you know, actual situation, be aware of your environment, which is always the case for anybody. Um, you know, have be working in a buddy system, particularly yeah. if you, you know, if you're in school, uh, I'll say elementary to college, whatever, whether the teachers pair you off with a friend of yours that's willing to assist you or be mindful that you do exist and that you are there and that you need to be evacuated too, because mm-hmm. uh, some, people, some people get caught in the moment of themselves. And forget sure. others. Kids, it seems to be, are more mindful than adults are. Um, like what happened in Texas, one little girl was, you know, trying to call 911. It was, you know, uh, like another girl was trying to resist, you know, mm-hmm. the attack. They're, and worried about the other students. Uh, right. So little kids seem to be more mindful of each other. I think that's one thing about the younger generation nowadays. Um, what used to be social, you know, no, uh, not social norms years ago with someone who was, um, you know, blind or someone who, in a wheelchair, like, oh, who's that's like, I got cooties or something. Right. Now, now it's like, you know what? You know, these guys, my friend Jake over here, you know, he's blind, but, you know, he does this. He's great on this computer game. He's, right. It's, it's I'm mean, not saying it's an even playing field, but it's getting more level and, and more people are more accepting, which they should be of other people, anyways. And right. I think they're more willing to go out of their way 
and to assist. So the buddy team, regardless if you're traveling by yourself, whether you're in school, you know, um, knowing exits and stuff like that. If you don't know, ask someone. Um, and one point they pointed out in the, one of the uh, articles I was reading that those who are blind or visually impaired, usually if they're in a, normally in that same facility, that same building, they already have an idea of where the exits are. Yeah, especially if it's a place you go often. So, I right. mean, you know, for me, it's work every day. If, you, if you're a student, you're going to school every day, you know that building. Right. Um, you know, chances are you've, um, you've, you've been all through the building and you, you know where the exits are. You know how to get out of a classroom or, um, you know, where all the classrooms on the hall or the restrooms or, you know, right. whatever stairwells and stuff. You, you already kind of know that. And that's, that's um you know a good thing over say a public place like a market or a ch- well not even a church because you know if you go to that church on a on a regular basis you probably know that building pretty well too but uh, some places you know you're not going to know as well as others um so it's it's good if you know um you do know the area well um, that's always helpful. That's that's one less thing you have to think about. Right. Um, having these drills, again, when you are put in that situation, you know, the more drills that you have, the more it's muscle memory. It just becomes ingrained, and and you don't have to think about it as much when you're in that situation because you don't you don't have time to think. You don't um, your emotions are higher, and and you're more reactive. And so um, if you've got that, that information ingrained, then things become more automatic. I totally agree. Um, if, you get it, if you know the place, have the opportunity to know it and to know it well, that's mm-hmm. great. Um, that's what I said, you know, this we're lying buddy. So the, the hide, you know, um, the run, the hide, the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're missing components. And maybe when they, if you really go, maybe, and the, those words themselves, they define them more. Uh, I've seen that, but I think they should be hide, assist, you know, a correction run, uh, right. assist, hide, resist, and fight. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I put those other two in there, the, um, you know, the assist, assist and, and, resist. and resist, right? Because, you know, not everybody can, you know, well, I'm not saying you're going to run out the building, but not everybody can run. So like I said, those, those sure. might be the individuals who need help. You know, plan, you have to plan ahead of time. What would we do to assist, you know, so-and-so depending on um, their needs? How mm. can we best assist them? And we plan that out ahead of time. Now, it can be done in churches. That can be done in schools. Um, supermarkets may have to have some type of, you know, thing where as soon as someone walks in, they identify that maybe a person's, you know, using a cane. Maybe the person they can see is in a wheelchair. Have some type of team that identifies, okay, we have a person here in the store. Let's be aware where they are just in case you mm-hmm. know without necessarily no not necessarily going hey you need some help like well, we got you no just in case something happens you know make sure that uh someone's aware that someone may need that if something like that were to, were to happen in an active shooting situation they could be assisted yeah that's the way just thinking out you know long term mm-hmm. um but things like that and then by saying you know hiding i, I got that but i mean by denying that's you know putting things in front of, the, front of the door, blocking every possible exit, doing all, all that stuff, having that plan, which they do already have, I think it's part of the high process. Fighting, it like is, said, and they do go into more, you know, that's just the basic right. uh, title of the video, but in the video, they do go more into 
um, you know, hey, we're gonna, you know, they they show three guys, and and this first video happens to be inside a bar, mm. and they show these three guys. Um, they're kind of, I guess, I assume they're hiding behind the bar, and they're like, okay, you know, we're hiding back here. Um, we have we have all this stuff back here, and you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go. You know, if he comes this way, I'm gonna go for the gun and. And this guy's, you grab his arms and the bartender is going to go for his head. And, um, you know, kind of, it, it shows people working together, mm. trying to think out a situation for, you know, resisting fighting back. Where is it? You know, it doesn't go into that in the, in the title of the video, but they do get more into detail about helping each other and, and doing what you need to do. Well, that's what they call the program overall. No matter, even when I was in the army, same mm -hmm. thing. You know, you know, it's it's uh, not just a video. It's just mm -hmm. pretty much what the taglines of what you're supposed to do. Right. And like I said, yeah, as you go through training, you will you know, expand upon it. Mm -hmm. But I think, especially for little kids, you know, you want to expand upon it from the very beginning. Sure. You know, uh, in, in that case, I'm thinking, I'm thinking more of the kids right now. Um, yeah. But just reading these articles about you know these kids that uh, you know, like Sandy Hook and other places that you know. That no one they were taken care of by their teacher mostly they had one-on-one -on -one. Mm -hmm. but in one case uh one child who um was autistic and you know um you know sensory overload would affect them they didn't have uh so doing they were doing some training um uh, a drill and the teacher wasn't aware that they were doing a drill was walking a student out of the room because there was no there was no um pa system inside the room because of mm -hmm. the child situation right so so there'd be other ways that I think about, you know, how can we still communicate, you know, with teachers, uh, maybe dealing with a child who um, dealing with sensory overload or, you know, um, you know, there's ways we got to think outside the box. And uh, like I said, some of these other organizations are doing that. Um, and people are, are trying to make, you know, have businesses based off of this whole, this whole thing. And some things I also noticed too, like you were talking about, um, you know, of course you lock the door, silence your cell phone if you can. Um, Turn yes. all noise uh, noise source. Uh, hide behind large items. Remain quiet. Uh, call nine one one. So we talked about we, uh, about a year ago about uh, different apps in your phone. You just you know push nine one nine one one. Don't even have to call them. Just activate right. that app and, just, and, and turn your phone down and leave it there so they can hear what's going on. Mm -hmm. you know? because I think that if I'm not mistaken, nine one one when a situation where no one responds, they're required to send someone anyways. Oh okay, I didn't so, know. That. I, so it's my understanding because it's, you know, this call is going on. You hear people, something like that, you know, you say the words like actor, shooter, or need help, mumble or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, um, there's, there's a, there should be seeing someone there. I think we get multiple calls, if I'm not mistaken. Now, the thing that happened in Texas, they were calling 911 and they were uh, supposedly you know, mumbling or kept it really low. The 911 operator hung up on them. Mm. They got fired. Yeah. So I can um, imagine. Yeah, they got fired over that situation there because they, they hung up, got mad because they said they couldn't hear what they were saying. Um, but still, uh, I think most agencies are, are supposed to dispatch somebody. I could be wrong. I'd rather look into that, but I had heard that at some point. Um, you know, we have things like that. And a few other things that I had seen uh, of interest. Let me scroll down some. I had um, heard that, um, you know, there was talk at one point of people like, installing you know silent alarm systems in classrooms where the the teacher could hit a button under their desk that would that would sound a, a silent alarm or um you know trying different different ideas for being able to alert 
everyone and, as to what was going on uh, with I, lights or you know other methods. Yeah, I don't since since you know American education system is not universal in that sense. Mm -hmm. It all depends on the state, the city, the county, whatever, and the school yeah. system itself. So there may be in some school, maybe in your area. Uh, I don't know here, so I was thinking about contacting some people here and finding out that those things do exist. Um, a lot of times, budget if your school can't sure. afford it, you know, or you know, they might say, "Oh, I got one student here that might be visually impaired. We really don't need that." Um, I, I don't. I don't think that's a um, a, you know, a good reason. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm saying that's not, I'm not saying that happens, but I'm sure there are people looking into the books like, yeah, we have one student that was applied to. It makes no sense. But it's not for that one student. It's for all the students. Well, students it would be for, yeah, for every, for students, teachers. Um, right. And like I said, this was, this was some talk and, and this may have come about after Sandy Hook that, um, you know, how, how do we get the word out? Uh, if, say, someone comes into one classroom, how do we get the word out to the rest of the school um, to out quickly out to um, emergency responders? And uh, so there was a lot of talk about ideas, but I don't know, you know, did did school systems put anything into place? You know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe some did. Some didn't. Um, no. Just kind of up to the individual school systems as to what they are able to do. Now, there's a thing I remember um, my nephew was at um, Virginia Tech when they had Virginia Tech shooting. Mm -hmm. And uh, my brother uh, contacted me, let me know. Uh, actually, I contacted my brother to find out if he was OK because he was there at the school at the time. He was a senior. Um, and a lot of schools will have it. And even I was in the Army. We had it, too, for our unit where if something happened, we got a notification on our phone. Mm hmm. So, I mean, and uh, I mean, like it's we I, had I, that yeah. when I was in college as well. Yeah. So something like that, even in, in the elementary schools or any schools, actually, uh, notifying teachers, mm -hmm. you know, a click push of a button and boom, a hit, hit a switch or hit a button on the computer goes out to all the teachers and all that stuff, you know, um, would probably help. Um, but I, said, I don't know what the setups are. It's like I said, it's it's nothing set and it's so sporadic. Mm -hmm. um, it just makes it kind of hard. So I mean, we can what if it all day what they should have and what they might have. Uh, but you might talk to some schools and find out exactly what are they using. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, too, you really don't want the information out too much. No, not necessarily. But, yeah, for those who might be trying to, um, you know, um, use that information against, you know, the school. You know, right. Work uh, that so into the plan. Right. So, you know, we close to call that uh, operation security. Yeah. You know, you put enough information out there just for people to know, but not enough for them to use it against you. Sure. Um, so you have things like that, but it's just a crazy, but there's so much information out there. Um, but, you know, no one ever talks about it. And particularly for, you know, uh, individuals with disabilities, that's, uh, so I really, really got kind of emotional about it because like, I never really, I honestly, I've never thought about it. Right. And now that I'm no, now that I'm aware that this is, uh, is an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what can I do uh, here um, to help with that situation by looking at schools and talking to other organizations in the area and find out have they been contacted by the schools and maybe you know, be active in, in facilitating um, this movement within our myth in my own community um, right. about about students because that, that is it is critical. Uh, no child, Chile, no child should be left behind. I'm mm, using the old uh, Reagan's Reagan. <laughs> yeah. um, Everything, but if you think about it, in, that, in that sense, no child should be left behind. Uh, the military, we, you know, we leave, we don't leave anybody behind. 
Right. Um, so what can we do to, to secure that all our students are taken care of? Um, you know, it's just, it's just very sad. Like when I lived uh, in California, one school that uh, as an rec- army recruiter I worked through was called Washington High School mm-hmm. uh, in uh, LA's uh, Unified School District. And this school was, you know, wasn't the, the best school in regards to, you know, it was an inner city school. Um, I went home on leave. I came back there. Had, I found that there was a shooting, which was not always uncommon in this neighborhood. It was a, it was a gang-related situation. Um, give you an idea, the, um, the bleachers and the football field, there was a chain link fence blocking right between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So you had a chain link fence surrounding the football field and everybody's watching on the other side on the bleachers through the chain link fence. Right. They didn't, play, they didn't play games during the daytime so that they would have less chance of an issue. A little girl got sh- uh, was shot and uh, a teenage boy, a little, a little older than that, were also shot. I can't remember if anyone was killed or not. But at a football game, a high school mm-hmm. football game, makes no sense. So yeah. gun violence, you know, other than, you know, act, you know mass shootings uh, or whatever, but any type of shooting, it just makes no sense nowadays um, on what's going on. So we have to start looking at one protecting you know um communities now you know yeah. uh, supermarkets um churches that's been thing for some years now after shooting in church that we had had the situation in um south carolina so that's mm-hmm. been a thing for some years now um you know big one in it, texas a few years ago. yeah right um uh, i actually just had a uh, about 10 minutes ago it looks like a, a headline come across my phone that um has you know three three killed and and four wounded in a warehouse party in Los Angeles. Um, like, why do you need a gun? <laughs> why do you need a gun? I, I don't, growing up in New York City, I never had a gun. Yeah. Never, never touched a gun until I was, uh, what, Fleet Week. Uh, Fleet, Week Fleet Week in New York. I went mm-hmm. there. There was some uh, reservists there, I think Marine Reservists. I got to fire some blanks in M- M16 for the first time. Okay. Probably around about like uh maybe 13 or 14 years old first time yeah you know other than that, i never had touched a gun i don't think before that um college you know going to military school we got rotc uh m16s you know what's called small bores it was like less impact with smaller round mm-hmm. 22 rounds and then then when i joined the army when active duty you know then i was on tanks you know you know um so it wasn't a thing where I was constantly around it, but I, I was always told if you have a weapon, you don't point unless you plan to use it. Right. You know, uh, I know how to respect it. And that's another thing too. They're, the big issue now, so going back to talking about Daniel Defense, uh, that company, um, supposedly he was able, the, uh, the shooter was able to get the gun you know, in Texas quite easily. Mm-hmm. And they've seen some of the ads were portraying, you know, at a scene of a kid holding a gun, like a present. Back in the 50s, I understand in the 60s, um gun education or weapon education was a normal thing in some schools yeah they taught kids weapon safety Mm -hmm. i have no problem with the kid learning getting a weapon and learning about it and knowing that this weapon goes back here locked up mom and dad has the key yeah you have no problem with that um so it's like such a double-edged sword yeah i don't think kids should be having guns just freely unless they have you know responsible gun ownership having responsible gun owners as adults um, you know, using it, um, showing how to use it, going to proper training, encouraging proper training, taking them to go get trained, you know, mm-hmm. and locking that thing back up <laughs> where it's supposed to be. Yeah, we had a, I, I used to live in a very 
fairly uh, rural area. No, um, in Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> imagine that a rural area in Alabama. Um, <laughs> and you know Could they had <laughs> a voice, a voice, a voice from above. Um, but we, um, the I remember the high school kids telling me, you know, oh, we're we're going to a gun safety class this weekend. Um, you know, because hunting was a big thing. And so that was a common thing for the high school kids to be able to do was to have a gun safety class and learn how to use them correctly. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of kids in the area grew up, um, you know, if their parents were hunters or, you know, um, they living on farms, you know, a lot of kids probably learned up, uh, learned up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> grew up learning <laughs> Um, about I know right. <laughs> um, not forty nine in the nation for nothing. Um, <laughs> that's a horrible thing to say about my home state. Um, so you are terrible. I am. Um, but you know, I'm sure they learned. Kids grew up around guns, living on farms, and and hunting with parents and grandparents and family members but um it was still a good thing to see an um a structured gun safety class for the kids i'm i'm all for that uh i'm actually gonna look into um there's an organization um let's see i'm gonna look it up because i'm gonna mess the name up because i think it's a crazy way to um <laughs> acronym for it but the um but well, I think that up. Um, AR, Armalite, that stands mm -hmm. for Armalite, not assault rifle. That's <laughs> the name of a company, I believe, that originally developed the M16. Ah, okay. Yeah, I was so, going to ask you earlier if you, yeah. if what AR stood for. <laughs> yeah, Armalite. So doesn't stand for automatic rifle. <laughs> right. And I really, I'm going to assume because of that AR, you know, we're so easily misled on, on, on things uh, <laughs> in the United States. I hate to say that by my own people, but, you know, you can't talk about, oh, about well. your family. Can't I can talk bad about Alabama. You can't talk bad about your family. Who can you talk bad right. about? That's the way I look about it. You know, you know, so. Hey, I'm, you I'm, know what? That's the same here. So. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say nothing to Canadian. 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 No. Canadian. Um, Canadian. Megan's going to throw in some input here. Please oh, do. Yes. Go take a drink of water, George. You've been talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've been quiet. That was <laughs> a polite way to say shut up. That's your ass up. Um, it was my show today. Right. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're not. Um, All right, go ahead. <laughs> going back to the uh, the whole like market, you know, being aware of your surroundings. I think it's super important. Like, even if you're and a lot of people do not do this. Um, I try to, um, so I know because I like to be prepared. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to a mall, there's a mall that you frequent quite often. Figure out how it's laid out. Get somebody to help you if you can't yeah. like can see, or walk around the mall and learn where all the exits are and all that sort of stuff. Um, or even grocery stores or, you know, whatever, right? Um, I think that's super important, and it's something I try to do. Um, I'm not very successful at it, but you know what? Yeah, I try. So, um, also, you just, you just tell your dog outside. And outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And usually she's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I know where to go. I don't want to be in this place anyway. Right. How dare you go shopping? Like, gosh. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was doing some research here as well. And um, for, so for gun safety, and I think like everything that you guys have discussed and all the, the sources that you guys have found are handy and applicable here in Canada as well, even though... Like, the biggest mass shooting we've had was a couple of years ago, um, where 22 people were killed. That's big. Um, that is big. That's the biggest in our history. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, like, I think it's guns are becoming more of a thing here. Um, I've, I've learned recently there's, you know, you're hearing a lot more shootings and stuff happening. Most, a lot of them are gang related, but it's still good to know what to do in that kind of situation so definitely refer to those resources um that we'll be giving you i have been uh I, or i will be um but also fun fact the canadian uh security intelligence service does not have anything on their website about shooter safety or anything like that it has bomb threats and everything else but not shooter safety so <laughs> it just goes to show you how much uh Americans. <laughs> well, yeah. and it, you know, it kind of goes back to you know, the FBI site said, you know, well, we we started doing this after Sandy Hook. And it's yeah, it's just a sad fact of life that, you know, most things come from necessity. Absolutely. Hey, we've we've had this thing happen and now we need to figure out some ways to help people with it. And that's that's kind of interesting, too, because after the shooting in Halifax, uh, la a couple of years ago, um, the a lot of talk has come from that, and um, the Canadian government has also banned um, assault rifles, and so you can't buy them, and um, they're coming down pretty hard on guns in general in Canada and whatnot, and uh, also um, emergency services. You know, we have we have a national texting emergency alert thing mm -hmm. um, and because we haven't really had to deal with these situations these aren't really these systems aren't really used because for this sort of thing um i think they're it's a very controversial controversial topic around here right now because they want uh people want this these systems to be used and whatnot so i think they're really is super important to have because a lot of people have smartphones now and mm -hmm. phones and whatnot. So um, just some tidbits and thoughts for folks out there. So yeah, definitely refer to those resources. And uh, I've done too much talking now. So I'm go <laughs> you, some water. you pour yourself out. You, you yeah, I know, right? <laughs> See, that's why I got to talk a lot. I mean, yeah. Quick question. I'm all what are the um, like? We have the Second Amendment here that guarantees your know, citizens um, to to bear arms. And what everyone always crosses out, they forget about, is a well-regulated militia. No one ever talks about that part. Right. Uh, <laughs> they leave that part out. But so, do you in, in Canada have some type of uh, law that's in, in your constitution or uh, that says you know it's okay to own weapons? I mean, I don't know. How does that work in Canada? Uh, oh boy, you're throwing or, me back to my school days. Uh, you slept through that class. Evidently not. I definitely, <laughs> probably did. <laughs> not gonna lie. Um, so we do have the Canadian Charter 
uh, of rights and freedoms, and okay. I believe there is a section in there. Um, but honestly, like guns have not been like guns are not big here um, until the last couple of years. They haven't really been on people's minds, and people have really talked about them. Yes, we have lockdowns in schools and stuff to prepare for a situation just in case we were to need it, but. It's very, very, very rare that that actually happens. Um, it's because Canadians are so nice. Nah, it's just <laughs> shit. common misconception. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm an example. You are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I would have to go look and see which section of the Charter and Rights of Freedoms it is, because yeah, I I can't remember. Homework for Megan. Mm-hmm. Megan's so, gonna do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. Well, I looked up the maximum effective range for like these um for the AR mm-hmm. uh, rifle. So about uh five hundred and fifty meters. So uh that's like effective maximum effective range for these type of weapons. So you know to have a long range capacity compared to a pistol. Right, just somewhat, somewhat much different. Like I said, I know most, like you know, the ones that we use in the army are about, about over fifty meters, about fifty meters or so, a maximum effective range for, for those things. Um, yeah, yeah, about fifty, about fifty. Sorry, fifty yards, fifty yards. Yards, okay. Yards, yeah. Well, so, that's close. It's the, yeah, very matter, of, yeah. matter of so, inches at that point. Pencil, pistols are close range weapons. That's why I love. I see movies. They're firing at airplanes. They're hiding behind rocks. Uh, like right, that thing's like <laughs> two blocks away. <laughs> That thing is not even. You're here. not gonna hit it with a pistol, but you, know, it, you can be it, hopeful. And even if it did hit, I mean, it'd be I, like, ping. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too far. So yes, I've, I've been getting mad at movies lately. Watching them, you know, do their military <laughs> things. Like that's not how it works. Right. Seriously, you know, who, who's a military, you know, consultant? He sucks. Um, but yeah, I digress. But yeah, so that's the things we need, we need to be aware of. You know, uh, weapons are. Um, you're gonna usually have a pistol gonna be close range. That's your last year, actually say your secondary weapon is your pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh your, your rifle's gonna be your primary. Um so you know, uh, here in the States we're talking about I've heard people talking about you know reducing the amount of magazine uh capacity magazines. Usually it's like a 30, I think, I think it's now it's I'm not even sure what the capacity requirement is. I said I don't want to get too much into it. I don't have an AR fifteen myself yet. Yet. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to get one. I've been when yeah. I saw, when I went there to Daniel Defense, I saw what they had. Like, oh, I like this one right here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get this. Uh, and it, it's it's something big amongst the you know vets. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds us it reminds us of, us of home. So <laughs> it's um, most surrounded surprising. by guns. It's probably uh, well, not surrounded by. I used to be no, armor, I so I was I was literally surrounded by guns on a daily all basis the, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I had about like over I got maybe a hundred and fifty weapons. That was irresponsible for. Mm. I'm done. <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> you know, one or two. I'm good. I don't need that. Man, it's too much. Too much maintenance. Too much uh, care. Even when I was in I Iraq, have to clean one more yeah. gun. Well, I told them I'd give them back to make them clean it, no matter what they're right here. Clean it, sir. Um, <laughs> I but I, when I was in Iraq, I hated having my weapon on me because it's so much responsibility yeah. carrying with you. Yeah, you know, you, you had to do it in the chow hall. Um, I can't remember. Did we take it to us, to us with us in a shower? I can't remember. Uh, I think we left it uh, in your your room or your your, your chew. They called it. You mm-hmm. tell your roommate to watch it for you. Uh, but we had to go to the chow hall. Anyway, we went around on base on missions. I had a had a rifle. I had a had a M, uh, M4 mm-hmm. uh, AR15 uh, carbine, and I had a um, M9 pistol. 
that's what I had. That's what my two weapons at plus a knife. I'm mm-hmm. about the knife, about knife life. Um, about knife life. <laughs> but life, but the knife life. Um, so, you know, those were my, my weapons that I carried with me, but yeah. I, I prefer not to carry the weapon because, you know, it can go off. Uh, you know, you have to be mindful of everything about it. I was just, I guess I like just not growing up with weapons could be the reason why I was kind of like, eh, kind of over this. Uh, yeah. But it is, you know, it is a lot to have to keep in mind yeah. on, you know, at all times. Yeah be very very aware of it at all times and yeah like i need a break <laughs> yeah but i think those who are who grow up with it are really enth- enthusiastic or enthusiasts and you have those who are over enthusiastic well, um yes. you know they get that's their thing that's what they, they love to do mm-hmm. and i got it uh but again i think it goes back to like I said responsible gun ownership uh even i saw something a few a uh, few hours ago that uh Senate is, you know, have come to some type of resolution, bipartisan resolution uh, that they're working on. I think they're talking about 21 years of age uh, to mm-hmm. own an, uh, an automatic weapon. Uh, also, psychological evaluations and also um, some type of um, proof of psychological evaluations. And right. what I did see, too, is that if you have a domestic situation, going back to even uh, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend type situation or dating situation, I should say. So they're going to go to that route. Um, mm-hmm. and even in the army, if you had a domestic situation, you could possibly be banned from um, having a weapon. They would possibly kick you out. Right. So the army got to that point uh, before I, some years before I had retired, that if you had a domestic uh, situation where, you know, you got arrested, whatever, uh, you could possibly get kicked out because you would not be able to uh, have arms. Right. Arms. Mm-hmm. So I so said, we can't use you if you legally can't <laughs> have a weapon. <laughs> sure. You know, so a lot of different things. But I think, you know, when we talk about our next one, we need to talk about more in, de- in depth about what do you do, you know, after the shooting? Yeah. You know, uh, it's easy to find information on what to do there. You know, we talked about, um, you know, sitting somewhere close to the door, uh, getting a buddy to assist you, um, you know, planning, planning the whole situation out, knowing the area. Uh, blockading the door, turning turn your phones off. This stuff seems to be repetitive amongst all the main sites. Mm-hmm. Um, and then try to go more in detail, you know, for those uh, who people who have disabilities and what you can do. Like I said, um, particularly how you can get assistance or how you can be the voice of reason in your own community uh, to advocate for yourself and others like yourself. Um, but what do you do afterwards? You know. Right. Uh, and that's key because that's where things still is very confusing for law enforcement and for those involved. You know, um, you have a hundred people rushing out at one time. Mm. You know, it's so easy for the government to be amongst the per- amongst the people and start shooting from the crowd. That's a possibility if they haven't taken them down or or they have gone taking themselves out. Right. Uh, so what we do then is also the mental aspect we don't ever talk about. Right. That's a traumatic experience for people. Um, you know how to contact uh, loved ones. Um, because you may, you may yourself may not be involved in it, but you might have a loved one that's involved in a such, such a situation. And how do you, how do you, how do you find out where they are? Cause that was a big problem, uh, in Texas where, you know, some parents didn't know where their, their child was. Right. You know, right. So we can probably, probably discuss our, our yeah, next, uh, definitely. segment. Yeah. It'll be but, another, another good show. I hope so. Well, I think with that, we're going to wrap things up for today. Any final, final thoughts from Canada over there? 
Oh, Canada. <laughs> Make good choices. No. Make good choices. Well, you know what? That's the truth. Make good choices. Always be, make good choices. Be aware of your surroundings. Make good choices. You see something, say something, say something. Hear something, say something. Right. You know? Don't just ignore it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, no, but um, Section 7 of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms um, is the, the right to life, security, and um, other things. So I'm going to go read on that and post that next time. Okay. Um, Life security and other things. I, <laughs> that is that is the line. Is that, what, is that what right it says? There. Other things? Because <laughs> no, no, that would be so awesome. That. That's so Canada. Like, <laughs> yeah, life, liberty, bro, and whatever else you want to do. Peace. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Sorry, someone high when they wrote that. <laughs> I know, right? Is that, is that hemp paper they wrote it on? You know, that's right. <laughs> the paper. Oh my goodness! You know? that's, that's what it was. That's crazy. Sorry, like folks. That. Megan's unprepared again. Uh, <laughs> but I like that. I, that's it's awesome. The comic I, relief. I, I, I wish. I, I wish America, you know, did done something like that. You know, like life's living pursuit of happiness and whatever comes with it. You know? <laughs> Peace, love, happiness. The Second <laughs> Amendment. The life, you know, security, and other things. Other things. <laughs> Don't Gun, don't let your with... headstone say it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> hold my beer. That's hold my beer. <laughs> that, that's the American line. <laughs> <laughs> hold my ale. You <laughs> name. <laughs> oh my. But yes, folks, uh, make good choices. Be aware of your surroundings. That's always the case for all our subjects. But you know, especially in these Can't kind of set situations. Enough, though. So yeah. <laughs> Cannot be said enough. You're it right. cannot. All right. That's all I've got for now. I'll have more next time, I swear. Uh-huh. I'll believe I it when I see it. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I will. I promise. Okay. I'm sure you will. Well, so we are going to follow up the subject next time um, with, you know, what happens afterward. And uh, look forward to bringing y'all another show next month. Everybody, I hope you're enjoying your summer. And we'll see you next time. It's almost the summer solstice. The twenty first. Yes. Next week. Next week. Oh my gosh, that's scary. We're going around <laughs> naked now. Watch out. <laughs> Do that every day. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the listeners needed to know that about you, Leslie. They do now. <laughs> they do now. <laughs> You're editing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all have Take a good care one. of yourselves, everybody. Be safe. Enjoy your summer. <laughs> Enjoy the summer safely. Bye, everyone.